Hey there, before we get started, I always forget to say this. Would you please go and take a moment and rate and review the podcast, wherever you listen to the podcast. It's super helpful, it helps people find the show, and it also gives me good feedback on how I can be making the show better, or how I can continue to be awesome. That was uncomfortable for me to say. Okay, thanks for doing that. All right, now we'll get started. Here we go. Welcome to Doing the Best We Can with Eddie Koffeltz. We, we hope, hope you enjoy, enjoy the show. <laughs> oh, thank you very much, Eve and Lucy. And thank you for joining me here on Doing the Best We Can with Eddie Koffeltz. I am Eddie. It is very, very nice to see you, maybe meet you for the very first time. Thanks for finding Doing the Best We Can. Uh, just more and more people are finding the show, and it is very exciting on this show. Uh, it's kind of a memoir. I mean, to be honest, like... I think I've been more comfortable calling it that, and it's a little bit of my life, and you may not know me, and you may not care <laughs> about what I have to say, uh, which I totally get, but uh, my hope is that in sharing my life, we can understand our lives a little bit better, um, and and hopefully we'll speak some things that are truthful and helpful to folks, so I'm glad that you are here. It was a terrible sell for the show, but it's probably a good time to say that the show is live, and that this is just a one-take show. We go for it. Um, I do that not because I'm lazy at editing, but because I think that it's really important for as much as we can to kind of pull down the barrier of this one-way medium where it's just me talking to you uh, and not have it be uh, <laughs> kind of too contrived, right? Have it be just something that's honest and in the moment uh, and off a little bit off the top of the dome, as they would say. So doing the best we can. Uh, we're going to start, as we always do, with uh, the main thought for the week, which probably is good to say. This is also and actually originates as a newsletter. So if you are not subscribed to the newsletter, please do that at eddiecoffoltz.com. Okay, let's get going on the main thought. Issue 14. Be here now. I have an odd relationship with nostalgia, one that I am keenly aware of during this, the most wonderful time of the year. I was attempting to sing that, by the way. Right, This is the time of year where we bake special cookies that we had as children. We watch the same Christmas movies year after year, and we basically do a version of what we did last year and the lifetime before that. The holidays are nostalgia factories. Oh, how we love to snuggle in the warm blankets of tradition. Tradition. Now I'm seeing Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> That's why I have to check my general grumpiness on nights like tonight. Tonight, our family is taking our yearly pilgrimage to the den to watch Elf. You know, the one with Will Ferrell. Generally, it'll be a great time for all of us, except that I'll be positioning myself on the sofa in a way that hopefully hides my Kindle from the kids so they don't catch on to the fact that I just cannot watch this movie again. Didn't we do this last year? Didn't we do this last summer when we thought it would be cute to watch a Christmas movie? How many times can I have the same experience? Clearly, I am a cotton-headed ninny muggins. But it doesn't end with Elf. I don't ever look at old pictures, ever. Brianne spends a ton of time curating chat books uh, to document the life of our family. And most of us love reminiscing over the small and big adventures that Brianne so thoughtfully pulled into a library. I've never opened one. Those books make my skin crawl. I don't like the Facebook feature that shows old posts. I've never listened to an episode of any podcast I've ever been on at any point after its initial release. I will say that I do listen to the show once, usually, to see how I could have done better. But after that, never. I've traveled to a few places that I have adored, 
but I know I'll never go back. A high school reunion is out of the question. I simply can't with any of this. I can't look back. Now, before I hyperanalyze my nostalgia phobia, which of course I'm going to do, there is a part of me that just realizes that this is run-of-the-mill quirkiness. I put this in the little bucket of weird things that just make me, me. Like the fact that I'm almost constantly tracing a shape of a star with my toes. I'm doing it, <laughs> so funny, I'm doing it right now. I'm tracing stars on the floor. Um, no counseling breakthroughs to be had with that. It's just weird. So maybe I don't like looking at old pictures. Fine, it's weird, but fine. However, in chatting with Brianne about this, she reminded me of two core operating conditions that I'm always employing that might, certainly, have something to do with this weird nostalgia thing. The first is that I hold on to a ton of regret, which I kid you not, I literally regret just saying. But in moments where I have nothing to think about, I often wander to this old familiar feeling. And those regrets can range from the profound and meaningful, like not being a better dad, uh, wishing I could have handled a friendship better, wanting to take more time to call and text back how I should have at least tried my hand at comedy writing at some point, to the minuscule and even slightly odd, like I wish I wouldn't have said that thing that I said one time randomly in 10th grade. I should have picked a different colored jacket a decade ago. Uh, why don't I wear socks in the morning? Like, why am I not wearing socks right now? It's cold upstairs and the socks are downstairs. I mean, really, I'm not that lazy. Just get the socks. Nope. I just sit in the regret. Secondly, I'm always looking ahead and asking, in the immortal words of America's greatest president, Josiah Bartlett, what's next? Like many 18-year-olds, I left home with a passion, and I'm still leaving. I, uh, I'd done enough of the same things of location and people and life, and I left with very little courage but quite a bit of conviction that I needed to find the new. This conviction still propels me. When I get bored, I post on social media last summer that I'm starting a newsletter and podcast that truly, I had no clue what they'd be about. What, when I'm relatively peaceful, like I am now, I have to fight myself not to do what I do by default, which is change for change's sake. Sometimes that wanderlust is fun and it's a good outlet for energy, but sometimes it's escapism for myself, but it's always there. What's next? And so these two things set up camp together in my mind and destroy me when I see a picture of a family camping trip five years ago. I remember being slightly crappy to Brienne on the drive to that camping trip, regret, and I remember the other two times we were there as a family and did essentially the same trip with slight variations. All the trips were fun, but the similarity repels me. So as I sit here drawing my little stars and feeling super meta as I feel guilty about feeling guilt, which leads me to not relive many of the wonderful memories of the past, I wonder what there is to learn from this nostalgia phobia. In a season where all I do is hold so tightly to the religious and social past, so tight in fact that in a few weeks I'll freak out and resolve to change my life in the new year, in this season, what am I missing because I won't release regret? What am I ignoring in today's experience because the attraction of tomorrow is so intoxicating? I actually don't have answers to these questions. But I am drawn to a quote from a book I read a few years ago. I was going down the Pete Holmes trail and ran into Ram Dass, who wrote in his seminal work, Be Here Now. Ram Dass writes, Early in the journey, you wonder how long the journey will take and whether you will make it in this lifetime. Later, later you will see that where you're going is here, and you will arrive now, so you stop asking. There's something about being truly present, 
that will make nostalgia more palatable. I haven't fully cracked that nut yet, and there's something there. I know there is. Something about releasing the history and the future in favor of the present. Presence. I just don't have it yet. I'll get there, but right now. Not right now. Right now, I think I'll just go downstairs and put on warm socks. Okay. Well, thank you for thinking about that with me. We're at the portion of our show called The Free Skate. And if you're new here, this is kind of a portion of the show that's rotating sometimes. We're sharing uh, listener calls. If you want to call in, you can call and leave a message. Uh, all of it's on eddiekoffeltz.com, and that is in the show notes. But people leave messages, people write emails, so sometimes we do that. Sometimes I just kind of go with random stuff, and every once in a while I just skip the free skate if it's just too serious. But um, this week I wanted to talk about uh, a, an email that I got from Michaela Elizabeth, who I like because she has two first names, um, Michaela Elizabeth. So uh, I followed up with Michaela and got permission to share this, uh, but I'm going to share a little bit of the email she sent. First, she said some very nice things, which I really appreciated. And then uh, she went on to kind of describe a bit about her situation. She shared that she is a writer and that she is launching a solo podcast in January called Your Story Matters. And she said it's a show about experiencing the power of storytelling and understanding that we are the main characters in our own stories in order to break free from the false narrative that has been playing in our minds. Holy smokes. She sounds like she's doing uh, a really organized job of what I do accidentally on this show sometimes. Uh, and I'm glad that she is starting your story matters in January. Michaela Elizabeth, well done. She does ask, what advice do you have for a fellow podcast host about creating topics? Ooh, which I think is a really good question. And I think it's a good question for us to consider not just me emailing Michaela back, though I'd be more than happy to, but I'm sorry, Michaela Elizabeth back, but uh, for us considering that together, because what I have realized over the first couple of months of this show is that we are uh, together curating sort of a, a very creative audience here. There's a lot of you that are starting projects uh, and uh, have conversations going online and offline about different projects that you're doing in creative projects, which makes sense, right? For you to be on this journey with me, you had to be kind of have a tolerance for being a part of something that wasn't fully formed and was kind of happening in real time and it is sort of happening in real time. And so it makes sense that we would kind of all find each other. So here you are, here I am. Um, but did want to talk about the 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 creating topics. So there are a couple things um, that I think about in answering this question, Michaela Elizabeth. The first is, um, I think uh, I heard a, I heard a, a, a stand-up comedian one time say that the only way you can really be a stand-up comedian is to start being a stand-up comedian. And and by that, he was describing the fact that once you enter into that, once you've signed up, once you know it's coming, you start to see the world through, uh, through material, right? So, uh, you know, if, because I know that I have a show coming up on Thursday, I am kind of always looking around for what's, what's a topic? What is this? What, what could this be? Uh, so, and I'm always keeping notes on that. I always wanted to be the cool person like uh, Toby from the West Wing that has like a, a notebook in back pocket, but I'm not going to be able to do that. So I have my phone and I have a notebook on my phone that I am just writing random stuff in. Some of them are fully formed ideas that are that just like come to me. 
Uh, and some of them, like I wrote today, the most recent one I wrote was uh, Rob's Wedding. That doesn't mean anything to you, but it means something to me. Uh, it's not something that's written yet. It's not something that I fully understand yet, but it's something that came into my head that I thought there was a story there. There was a time there. There's something there. So someday you're going to hear about Rob's wedding and it started percolating, you know, early December of this year. Uh, and so I, I think the vice I have of first about creating topics is to begin to look for the topics and to begin taking notes uh, right now on everything because you're going to use it all. I have burned through all the initial topics that I thought for uh, for this podcast already and for the newsletter already and am pretty much in a place of just constantly looking around. But so that's the first one. The second piece of it, though, is is that I am finding topics, but also figuring out uh, how they intersect with the audience, because uh, I think it is helpful. Michaela Elizabeth and maybe and I'm sure you do this. You've already had another podcast. You you get this. But for me, it was helpful to name the fact that I am trying to curate an audience. I am trying to make this a thing that people listen to. I am trying to make this viable. I am trying to have enough people listen to it that I can do things like sell ad spots, right? Like it is okay. If I wasn't trying to curate an audience, I would just write this for myself. And so I'm not only creating topics and looking for topics, but thinking about what did, what is the audience expecting in this moment? In what ways should we be pushed a little bit? And in what ways is this just you, the topic's boring? Like like Rob's wedding. I don't know what to write about Rob's wedding yet. There's something there, but there's not enough there to hold your attention for 700 to 1,000 words and 18 minutes of podcasting. So it's not ready yet. So I'm thinking about audience as well. Uh, and then the third thing is I'm kind of running it through the filter of, of me and my own vulnerability. Um, there are things that for some reason are just not baked. Uh, and I do not want to put myself out there and expose myself in ways uh, emotionally that I am not ready for. And I know that sounds like an obvious thing, but some people are so hungry for the content that they will just go for it and, you know, to hell with the consequences. I don't want to do that. I was actually, it was a jarring experience. I was interviewed recently for a show that has yet to come out, uh, but I was interviewed recently and the interviewer was doing a great job and asked me about OA, Overeaters Anonymous. And so what was a month ago, one of the more personal parts of my life that no one knew about, a person who I had not met asked me about, and I was okay with it because I had the responsibility of thinking, am I okay enough with this that it can be out in the world? Am I okay enough knowing that there's a really good chance that when I see someone at my kid's school and they know us and they know our family, that maybe they've read about some of these more personal moments of my life. Like I will not, I will not, um, kind of throw myself on the tracks for this project. And so I don't share stuff that isn't, isn't ready yet. Uh, I will not go there. And then the fourth thing that I think about is the, and this is the last thing, it's like a list of four, but the fourth thing is, uh, and we've talked about this, so I won't get too into it, but, uh, who else is involved in in this storytelling and what is the cost of that? And there is a cost, right? But I, I'm very careful who I bring up and how I bring them up and how my story intersects with theirs. And so those are kind of the four things I think about. But Michaela, if I could, Michaela Elizabeth, uh, if I could uh, give you like the number one thing is right now, just start writing down everything, everything you think you may talk about, even if it's not baked. Um, and then I would... Uh, yeah, I would go from there. 
Um, and you actually asked a second part of the question that I sort of answered, but you, but Michaela Elizabeth wrote, do you write about, then speak about whatever is on your heart? How planned does one need to be with it while knowing that life happens? There should be a healthy go with the flow mentality when it comes to the world of podcasting. Yeah, there is. Uh, and I will say, uh, I am kind of prepared strategically for this show to be interrupted. Um, so if there is a news story, not every news story, because there have been a lot of news since I started that I haven't commented on. But if there's something that's just, I don't know, it just hits me, I'm going to interrupt it. But at the same time, I have a lot of chops speaking in public. And I represent my work. I represent my family. I represent a lot of people. And so I'm, I'm really, really careful with what I comment on in real time because I find that I am better and I am better for all of the entities that I represent, including myself, if I have some time to bake. But I am also going with the flow uh, and kind of writing, as you can see, like I mentioned Christmas this week and last week. I bet I'm not mentioning Christmas a month from now. So there is a part of it that you want to be both fully fresh and fully baked at the same time, just to kind of play out that baking analogy to the very end. Michaela, Elizabeth, I have a feeling that I posed more questions than actually answers, but I hope that you will share your show with us. And I appreciate you asking the question and I appreciate all of you listening. And also, uh, just as a little heads up in the new year, I hope to um, kind of expand on the new activist newsletter and release and kind of help us as a creative community share our stuff a bit. So we'll get into that. Um, yeah, we'll get into that in the new year. There's nothing to announce yet. It doesn't exist. But when it does, I'll tell you, because everybody's making really good things. And I would love for this thing to, in some ways, be a conduit for your thing. All right, that's it. Let's close things out. All right. As I said, it's a newsletter. I would love for you to subscribe to the newsletter. Uh, it is both super helpful in growing the audience of this show, but also there's stuff in the newsletter that we never talk about over here on the podcast. And they are two different things. I would love for you to engage in those. And thank you if you are a subscriber. As always, you can drop me a line, leave a message, ask a question. I'll do my best to get back to them. I read everything. Sometimes it is hard to get back to it all because I have a, a whole life outside of this and I am the only one here. So I'm saying that because I'm feeling a little insecure lately about my lack of response. But I read everything and appreciate it and do love your feedback. There is your feedback shows up a lot in the newsletter and here. And of course, Michaela Elizabeth was kind enough to send us her information and her question, her information. What a weird thing to say. And her question. Uh, and so please do go to eddiecoffolds.com. There's a feedback section there. Uh, Uncle Jimmy, my man, edits the newsletter. Thank you for that, Uncle Jimmy. And uh, thanks to you. I'm already hard at work on next week's and look forward to chatting with you soon on the next Doing the Best We Can.